Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Dan Campbell fallout still going on after the Lions blow a 24-7 halftime lead to the Niners. 97.1, the ticket with the highlights there. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live from the Seaport. Brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. You know, Smalls, you said something yesterday that I want to come back to because we're thinking about which team has a better chance, Ravens or Lions, to get back here. You really put something in my head that I was thinking about. And it's not fair to Dan Campbell, so I'm blaming both of us on this. Okay. Uh, but it's not fair to Dan Campbell. You said specifically, look at the Philadelphia Eagles. They go to the Super Bowl with Nick Sirianni as their head coach. They yes. lose both coordinators. Shane Steichen, who was their offensive coordinator, does a really good job in Indy without his starting quarterback and Anthony Richardson, who got hurt. Gardner Minshew is, let's call him the 33rd best quarterback in the league, if not better than that, but he's always the backup who's probably the best of the backups. And the Eagles' offense looks way worse. And you specifically said, what happens if Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, leaves? Are we sure the Lions look the same next year? And I, I can't get that out of my head. That when looking at these two teams, yeah, I would pick the Ravens to be more likely to get back there because now I'm thinking about the Shane Steichen theory with the with the um, with the Lions here. Yeah, we don't know that the offense is going to look the same if you remove Ben Johnson from the equation. But I still think the NFC has an easier path to get back to the championship game than the AFC. I mean, just going through some of the teams last night, Patrick Mahomes is obviously still going to be there with the Kansas City Chiefs. And until proven otherwise, I'm going to just slot him into the AFC championship game. I have learned my lesson, America. (laughs) Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, we expect them to still be a formidable opponent. No doubt. Uh, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm not counting them out as long as Joe Burrow is healthy, which we hopefully assume that he will be next Mm -hmm. year. CJ Stroud and the Houston Texans, I feel like they're going to be a playoff team. Why wouldn't I think that they're going to be a playoff team if this is what we saw year one of C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryans? Uh, the Cleveland Browns defense is great. We don't know about the quarterback play, but they were able to to get there this year without consistent quarterback play. The Steelers are always there, and Mike Tomlin is returning. Trevor Lawrence, what are we going to see from him? Can Miami beat quality opponents? We don't know. Um, Herbert and Harbaugh, we're expecting them to take a step forward. Mm-hmm. And you may laugh at this one, but Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. And they have a lot ha! of talent with the Jets. You're right. I am going to laugh you at that You can laugh one. at that. But I'm going to put that at the bottom, like, and on, on the fringe of the conversation. Can you define what that means? Aaron Rodgers is still, what do you mean, like a distraction? He a is circus? a distraction, but I'm. he's still an MVP quarterback. Is and he? a no. Super Bowl winning quarterback. I'm not saying That's factual. that they're going to... I just think maybe they'll be more of a tougher out this year, obviously. Okay, fair. Okay, okay. that's fair. That's He's fair. That's I'm fair. just saying there's more teams in the conversation in the AFC that could be a threat to the Ravens getting there than I think in the NFC for the Lions. So let me just make sure I understand this. I am buying into your theory, but you're not buying into your theory. <laughs> no, I'm saying that the Lions might not look the same, but even if they stumble a bit and have a calibration period, I still think that they have a better chance of getting there based on the talent in their conference. Got that it. division's going to be tough, though. The Lions division is going to be tough. I mean, Green Bay is there. 
Minnesota, depending on what they do at quarterback, I mean, but they were formidable. And then the Chicago Bears, they've got two top ten picks, and presumably they're taking Caleb Williams with the first overall pick. Like, that's not going to be easy just in the NFC North. Dallas and Philadelphia didn't go away. San Francisco's still out there. I mean, if Matt Stafford decides to come back, the Rams are still right there. So, I mean, it gets it gets really interesting. Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray and potentially drafting Marvin Harrison Jr. with the fourth overall pick. Like, the, the NFC, I think, has the potential to get very, very interesting. I still agree with you. The AFC is the tougher of the two conferences. But I do think there's going to be a lot of resistance for Detroit to get back to conference championship game weekend, which is what makes it so heartbreaking that they lost – in the way that they did on Sunday. I think the Lions have a much better shot at winning the NFC North than the Ravens do of repeating in the AFC North. Don't you think if you look at that crop of teams that it would be harder for, for Baltimore to get back there again based on the teams just in their division than, than the Lions? Like, yeah, Green Bay is is formidable. Yes, we ex- we don't really know about the Vikings. The, the Bears are a question mark. But I'd rather take my chance with those that group of teams than the Bengals, the Browns, and the Steelers. Okay, so if you're right on that one, right? If you're right, not only will the Ravens not go to the Super Bowl next year, the Ravens may not even win their division next year. Again, I've got to go back to this. 19 19- quarterback since 1980 having one MVP some of them multiple times obviously Lamar Jackson is the first quarterback since Brian Sipe in 1980 to not go to a Super Bowl after winning an MVP and he's the only quarterback in assuming the only player in history to win multiple MVPs and not win a title now we are going to look at Lamar not only differently than we did four days ago but now the entirety of his career is going to be looked at differently because if we're not confident he's going to get back to an AFC title game, you're saying he may not even win a division? That's going to be a major problem for his career. And and while we say he's going to be in a Hall of Fame because the two MVPs, if he wins the second, should trigger that automatically, people are not going to be on board well, with that. Well, hold on. Let's do this, though. I mean, if we're talking about next year, that may well be true. But Lamar has over a decade of runway. I mean, the guy is, what, 26 years old? Lamar Jackson ain't going nowhere. Like, he's going to be around for a long time. Now, conversely, I don't know how long Dan Campbell is going to be with the Detroit Lions if they don't have if they don't follow up this success with routinely making the playoffs. Like, I, I, if you ask me today which one would I bet would be there longer, I would say Lamar Jackson will be quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens longer than Dan Campbell will be the head coach of the Detroit Lions. Now, I'm not saying that Dan is not an outstanding coach because I am. I, I do think he's a good coach. But I also understand when you have a loss like you had in conference championship game weekend and you have those controversial decisions, there's going to be a lot more scrutiny on your head coaching career moving forward. So I've I mean, never we're, compared we're gonna, him to Brandon we're, we're Staley, look, but that's what it would be. We're, we're going to look at both of these coaches. I mean, we're going to look at both of these individuals under a microscope, but I think the replacement over value, like the, the, the value over replacement becomes different with Lamar Jackson because he is going to be a guy that has MVPs in the trophy case versus Dan Campbell, where you look at the team and you say, well, can we find somebody that can do this job better without the degree of variance that we've seen from him when it comes to making key decisions in game? Well, I, yes, and I, it's weird to even say this, but if Dan Campbell does not get back there or have the success, we start comparing him to Brandon Staley's blown lead for the Chargers against yeah. the Jaguars. We start comparing him to Dan Quinn, who did a good job with the Falcons, but a 28-3 blown lead. He becomes one of those coaches yes. that, boy, he did a good job until he really didn't do a good job. Now, Dan Campbell, head coach of the Lions, spoke about a play that he regrets yesterday. 
look, it's the easy thing to do is to throw it. Probably should have been the right thing. Uh, but for me, I wanted to run it. I thought we would just pop it. You know, we had just two minute all the way down the field throwing the football and they were in a four down front and I believe we'd walk right in and uh, we just we missed a block and so then yeah I got to use a timeout so hindsight you know throw it four times but I believed uh, in that moment it was going to be a walk and run and it didn't work out so I gambled and lost gambled and lost is a good way of saying it now that was the third down he's talking about late in the game if I'm not mistaken yeah, right? the goal line with a minute to go and it's amazing because that's the decision that a lot of people want to latch on to it's becoming a hot take about the post-mortem uh, Detroit Lions losing the conference championship game what I don't understand Smalls is that even under the best case scenario when it comes to the Lions in that goal to go with a minute to go in the game you're down by 10 points if you don't run the football and you throw the ball in the end zone, score a touchdown, and then you kick off to the 49ers. They got the ball on the 25-yard line, and you're probably talking about, what, 57, 58 seconds left to go in the game? Say under the best-case scenario, you force a three and out using all your three timeouts, and they punt the ball back to you. You got about 40 seconds to go to get back to field goal range, and you're probably talking about somewhere between the 40 to 45-yard distance which is the exact same place you were at with seven and a half minutes to go in the game, needing a field goal to tie it. He'd probably go for it. (laughs) But my whole point is everybody wants to hold on to that decision to hand it to David Montgomery. And I'm just saying, what about the other fourth down decisions that he made in the second half? What about the fourth down decision he made right before halftime where he decided he was going to kick a field goal rather than go for it from the three-yard line? I just I don't understand why we have to do that when it's clear that, hey – these fourth down decisions that Dan Campbell made throughout the course of the game led to the team being in the most desperate of spots, down 10, mm-hmm. right there at the goal line with a minute to go. Like, I don't, I don't understand why people want to latch on to that decision, even though it was unequivocally wrong, when there are all of these other decisions that led to that team being in that position. That's the part that just doesn't make sense to me. But if he didn't trust his kicker, with seven and a half minutes to go to tie the game with a field goal that was, what, 48 yards? Why would he trust his kicker with even more pressure to, to end the game and tie the game with a 45-yard-plus field goal in that circumstance? It just made no sense. It's bizarro world. Do you have something? Because even Dan Campbell doesn't have an option in that spot. If you have, like, one second to go down three, <laughs> you better not go for it. I mean, <laughs> Dan Campbell is so is that, wacky. Is that the answer? I'm just thinking that about the, the, like, the time would no, have to no save time. him from himself. Yeah, is there, right? if, if, there's no time on if, the if it's, <laughs> if it's one second to go, you have fourth and one, you're down three, and you're on the opposition's 30-yard line, even Dan Campbell wouldn't go for it, I don't think, in that spot. Yeah, yeah but here's the thing, though, and I can't, <laughs> I I can't square <laughs> this decision for the life of me. You decided that you were going to go for it from, from the 49ers' 28-yard line on your first possession in the second half. You had a 14-point lead. You decided that you were going to go for it rather than kicking the field goal and making it a three-possession game. If that was your logic going into that game, if that was the mentality, then why the hell didn't you go for it goal to goal right before halftime? I know. I know that one bothers you. I just, I, it it, it I doesn't know. make sense. I know. It quite like Everybody says, well, Dan Campbell, he always goes for it on fourth down. No, he doesn't. Because I'm pointing to that player. I'm pointing to that sequence right there. He didn't go for it. America, he didn't go for it. And he should have. If you're going to go for it in the third quarter when you're up two touchdowns, why wouldn't you go for it 
in, in, in the second quarter when you're up two touchdowns and you're 25 yards closer to scoring. You're 25 yards closer to scoring. You had the ball on the three-yard line versus having the ball on the 28-yard line. It makes no sense. And that's the part where Dan Campbell is going to have to mend some fences with the players in his locker room because they're going to have a tough time understanding that. Kind of like Pete Carroll had a tough time explaining why he's going to throw the ball on the goal line rather than hand it to Marshawn Lynch in Super Bowl 49. It's kind of like that. What a shame. It's kind of like that. Like we got a ch- we got a chance to do something special, and we couldn't overcome the decisions that our head coach made. So as we wrap up for now, the conversation on the Lions and the Ravens, the two teams that lost. Basically, here's what both teams are pr- protecting themselves against moving forward: Dan Campbell from becoming Dan Quinn or Brandon Staley, and Lamar Jackson from becoming the only MVP at his position since 1980, besides Brian Sipe with the Browns, to not make it to a Super Bowl. Think Man, about I'm that. I'm sure Brian Sype didn't think he was going to catch those strays today. <laughs> well, I was going through Brian, this Brian, yesterday. Brian, Brian Sype just somewhere chilling, man. He did not, I'm think, literally he did looking not at, think he was going to catch a stray today. I'm literally looking at the Damn. list of MVPs of the quarterback position. I'm like, he made one. He made – wait, did he – oh, yeah, he did make one. And I'm like, all these guys did except for Lamar. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. <laughs> Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Oh, I see Jeff Saturday bobbing his head. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. How's the diet? You look beyond skinny. It's amazing. I'm working it, man. I'm working it. I only got, I got uh, how many more days in January? One. Oh, one more. Day. Thank the Lord. <laughs> Wait, what happens to Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst? What happens to Desserts days from now? are coming back to the fray, baby. <laughs> That's what Can't wait. What's Sugar. the first dessert? Oh, two days oh. from now. Ooh, that's a great question. When you splurge. I'm a huge banana pudding guy, but that's probably not going on right now. Let me think what would be good right now. Some, some, I, I love some chocolate cake. My wife is a huge chocolate fan, so I'll I'm, I'm probably do, a, do like a, 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 a nice chocolate cake with some ice cream. That's going to be the first. That's the first good. go-to. Very Sounds good. First go-to. All right, Jeff, finish this sentence for us. Brock Purdy is a baller. A baller. I mean, he has he has played. I mean, into the conversation of again, he had he was on track or tracking with an MVP season because all the quarterbacks had kind of you know stayed at the same level this this season. Um, but he's a kid that you know he put his team on his shoulders on the in, on the back end of that. And I get not every throw was perfect. One bounce. Every, every quarterback gets benefits and negatives. Uh, pulled the ball down, ran it in moments. Did everything required to put them in the second. 
NFC championship game since he has, you know, since he has done this thing. So um, just had a, had a, had a spectacular season. And I think he, I think he met up to the challenges that everybody was asking. Is this kid really, if they get behind, can he do it? They're going to make him play a certain style. He answered all those questions and then some, and um, you know, I think, I mean, think about Shanahan's record before Purdy got there, right? What he's over. And in the last two weeks, He's broken those things, right? They were over if they're losing in the fourth quarter, and they were over when they had this kind of lead or whatever. And so, as good as Shanahan is, and everybody's like, oh, "He's a system guy" or whatever. Well, their system hasn't been great down, and for whatever reason, he's found a way to flip it and win. Jeff, we're doing a post mortem on the Ravens and Lions from Conference oh. Championship game weekend, and of course, Dan Campbell and Lamar Jackson are front and center. Which one of those individuals is more responsible for their team losing? This past weekend. Oh, that is a great question. I, I'm probably going to have to go for, I'll go Dan Campbell. Um, and I'm going to say it this way, because I think the Ravens game plan was trash. Awful. It, trash. Awful. And so we're going to lay it all at the feet of Lamar. And Lamar did not play well. I'm not, I'm not trying to be, a, you know, an apologist for Lamar the way he didn't play great either. But their plan was terrible. Um, the, the Dan Campbell thing for me, um, and again, you live by the sword, you die by the sword, right? So like he, he's made a lot of really gutsy decisions throughout the season that he's gone for it at that, at the moments that he did, I would have, I would have made it three score games, right? Like I would have made San Francisco continue to chase you and I both know momentum is real. It is a real thing in football. And listen, I have been on the side of, as a player, being down 21-3 in an AFC Championship game and us winning that game. I've coached up 30 or whatever it was and lost those. And when I tell you momentum is real, it is real. And at some point, you just want to stop the bleeding. I don't care that it's whatever the decision is, the analytics. At some point, let's just take some points and let's get the feeling of our team to change a little bit instead of putting the pressure on. And, and – I hear this a conversation, and this has been the like the the word on the street is execution. Every play is freaking execution. Yeah. Well, if they just want to execute it, yeah. I can give that for every play. Every, every play in football. Yeah. They obviously haven't listened to coaches because yeah. we go down and every play is well. If you'd have gotten your foot over six inches here and your head across, it would have been a different play. That's every play. Every of course, play. if they executed it, it would have been a different story. That's every play in football. Um, and I thought the most egregious, honestly, was the the going forward on or not going forward, but the third down call where they ran it and got stopped and had to use the timeout. I would have kicked the field goal there or thrown the ball that you stop the clock because that then you have to onside kick and there's basically no chance you're going to win the game. I thought that was the worst of all the, the calls. I thought that was the most egregious from the Lions perspective. Well, let's swing it over to Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Okay. MVP during the regular season, different quarterback. Okay, first of all, I don't love the – I know he's going to win it, but I, I'm not – But he has been an MVP yeah, in the regular yeah, yeah. season. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But in the playoffs, different version of Lamar. I yes. know you didn't like the game plan from the Ravens, but why do you think we see a different version of Lamar in the playoffs? Uh, well, this one I would I would attribute to the game plan. I mean, it's, and so what you're asking Lamar to do and, – and I think Lamar at times – he he tries to overdo it and like stay in the pocket longer and become a, and, and stay a pocket passer because everybody's like oh he's just an athletic guy or d- does whatever. I think at t- in the playoffs especially teams are going to give you different and and the way the Chiefs were rushing him the lane integrity they did a great job but there were times when he could have pulled that ball down and not been as patient in the pocket and made the Chiefs pay like. Brock Purdy made them, you know, made the Lions pay late. Or, you know, like when when you see Patrick Mahomes pull the ball down for these 10 and 15 yard. But once you got him in that, in that 
mindset. You could tell he was frustrated throughout the game. And then they were baiting him, right? Baiting him to make bad throws, baiting them to try to do things. And you just felt that whole team got frustrated. Um, and and that was that's why I would attribute that. But he missed throws for sure. He forced throws for the interception, bad ball. Can't get strip sack, right? Like, and, and everybody's like, oh, that's offensive line. It is not, dude. Like that time in the pocket, you either got to step up or put two hands on the ball. Like so, so there he definitely has blame to share in this. I'm not trying to defend everything he did, um, but I thought the game plan set him up for failure, mm-hmm. and now it's going to be. And this is kind of the Josh Allen argument, right? Is well, he had yards, he had this, he had that. But if you're asking, you know, the whole game changer, game manager nonsense that some people bring, you got to have both, obviously. But he didn't. He definitely didn't elevate his team, so there is blame to, to take there for him. For Jeff, sure. you just said something that I, is fascinating in terms of the psychological aspect of it correct me if I'm hearing this incorrectly you're saying that basically the critique around Lamar plays into he can't win any way you cut it It can't do anything to win he has to win a certain way like passing the ball has to be the reason that he wins versus whatever I'm gonna do to win I don't I just need one more point the other team however I get there yes the psychological you think factors into this I do I I think players hear that kind of stuff oh he can't do it this way so I'm gonna prove to everybody I can do it a certain way I don't care how you do it bro I don't care if Peyton Manning threw for 5,000 yards or ran I want to win freaking games like I think so much of that comes into legacies of players after they leave the game what are they going to be known for what are they going to be known as all that nonsense I, I mean I don't care. Literally, as a player, I don't care how we win. Let's just find ways to win. Do you think they cared on Sunday? No, I don't. Ravens? No, 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 I don't. I think it got into a situation where, you know, you're asking Lamar to win that way because you're not calling runs. Like, there there were no runs. I mean, they called six runs with the two. And if you look at the way they won games all season, they had the number one rushing, right? Like, and their defense was holding serve. Like, you got to just take – and you're down 10. You're not down 50 points, bro. Go – you score one touchdown, go do one Ravens job, this whole game flips. So I was disappointed in the, the OC. I was disappointed in Harbaugh not forcing them to run the ball more. Because, um, again, you're asking them to go do something. So, so name me – so Andrews comes back, right? But Zay Flowers is their passing game. Mm-hmm. Okay, right? He's their passing game. No doubt. All right, so that's it. Like if so, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs and you have all that talent on the back end, you're playing six DBs, five DBs, a ton during that game. You're going three down linemen and three linebackers a, a large majority of that game. You're ba- you are baiting them to come run the ball. I don't know how, I don't know why, but my God, like as a, as an offensive lineman, you walk out that field and go, I got a bunch of little dudes. Can we please just go at them and then force them to play something different? Maybe they do. Maybe it didn't change the game, but I dang sure wouldn't have went with that thought process. Think I'm going to go back there and whip that thing around against one of the best secondaries and fastest secondaries in, in the league. Lewis Riddick talks about their speed all the time. Yep. And, and bro, they can fly. They like freaking swarm of bees back there. Like, <laughs> let's run at them bees, bro. Let's not, let's not try to throw it around them, avoid them. Let's go at them. Yeah, I mean, over 40 dropbacks for Lamar versus I mean, six carries from your running backs doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Embarrassing. Yeah. Um, Jeff, before we let you get out of here, we got to ask you about Patrick Mahomes. I mean, this is the first quarterback to start four Super Bowls before the age of 30. <laughs> I mean, by the eye test, by the numbers, Amazing. he has the best first six seasons as a starter that ever. we've ever seen from a quarterback. How do we contextualize what we're seeing from a homeboy? You can't. He can't literally. I mean, it's it's you know, it, we're seeing history, right? Like like this is this is as good as it has ever started. And you know, you can have that whole conversation of the goat thing, and you know, is it Brady? Is it him? And and um, 
but from a, from the way you started, like he's he's above that, right? He can tie he can tie Brady from Super Bowls, but being to the AFC Championship game every year, every year that no. this dude has started, like really, and we know how hard it is. So let me just let me contextualize this for some people, right? The Chiefs have so since he's been a starter, they have played the number one schedule, which means if you're the first team, if you're the leader of your division, when you're division, you got to go play the ones of every other division, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the way it's set up every season. Like, so realize they never get it easy. Like, now, sometimes it doesn't work out. Teams get hurt or whatever. But the reality is they're playing that schedule for six straight years. <laughs> like, think about how freaking hard that That's is. Hard. Like, the Lions That's are about hard. to recognize that, That's right? Hard. Like, these yep. teams are about to recognize, like, how hard it is when you win what it looks like. He has done it repeatedly. And, and listen, I think this is the most, to me, this is the most monumental, that they just go on the road and win twice and beat the number one seed with the MVP at their place. And he managed, managed, make sure you hear me right, the second half as well as any player. Never no pushed it, never pressured it. D- did anybody ever feel like the game was out of control for the Chiefs? No. Never. No. Never. And they he, didn't need to score any exactly. points. They didn't he need knew, to score yeah, any points. Yeah, he knew they weren't going to score, and he wasn't going to screw it up. I love that that's what he did. I just thought it was I thought it was in- insane. Thank you for saying that. That's why CC just You love, you love that. You love that. You it love drives that. me nuts that game, game manager is considered yeah. an insult. Oh, I know. Just don't give the other team the ball with the lead. <laughs> Amen. That's it. Don't give them the Let ball. Let them know, baby. I'm with you. I'm with you. Jeff Saturday will be on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern. We're on Sportsman Like on ESPN Let's Radio. <laughs> we all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You know, Jeff Saturday just brought up something really interesting about Lamar Jackson and their game plan. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance, making money for you. It's easy to save money when you bundle your auto policy with home, condo, or renters. You'll earn a multi-policy discount. Easy to bundle, easy to save. Visit Progressive.com. They'll make you money by saving money there with Progressive. Jeff led, led us down an interesting path here. Do we think that the Ravens wanted to win for the Ravens or for Lamar this weekend? The way in which their game plan played out makes me think that they were conscious of making sure Lamar Jackson was going to be the reason that they won versus just winning. They threw the ball a ton. They ran the ball way less than normal. If they were to win that game, Lamar would get the credit, which Lamar should get the credit even if they passed the ball literally not once. He still would deserve credit in my mind if they won for what he's done to get them there. But I, I couldn't help but think about the psychological part of them saying, 
We got to make sure Lamar is the reason we win this week. Well, here's the thing, and I'll push back on that. I, I don't think they would go down that road, but Lamar has gotten credit for the Ravens winning all season long. Mm-hmm. When you look at his individual numbers, they don't scream MVP. Yet we think he's going to win it when they announce the award in a few days because the team's overwhelming success. They got the best record in the NFL. And they beat the brakes off of quality opponents, including the San Francisco 49ers who were in the Super Bowl, the Miami Dolphins who fancied themselves as contenders. Like, they've embarrassed some really good teams. Smalls, you gave the statistic. I mean, when you start talking about teams that were three games over 500 or more, not only did they beat them, but the average margin of victory was like 26 points. 26.2. Exactly. And they were so, six I mean, and so that's why Lamar, Lamar has gotten credit for the team's success. So I don't think they have to tilt the game plan toward Lamar being featured as a passer. I don't think they're doing what the 2014 Seattle Seahawks did in the Super Bowl, which is not hand off to the running back because you want Russell Wilson to be the MVP of the game. I don't think it was a situation like that. I just think that they panicked. They saw what the Kansas City Chiefs did on their first two drives. The Kansas City Chiefs, double-digit play drives, the first two drives of the game, led in touchdowns the length of the field. I think it was one 10 plays, 86 yards. The other one 16 plays, 75 yards. Touchdowns. They felt like they had to get into a shootout. They didn't, they didn't stay with the running game, even though the game, from a score standpoint, wasn't was it going to dictate that it tilted in terms of them being exclusively a passing outfit? And so that, to me, is why you can hang a lot of that loss on Todd Munkin and on John Harbaugh. But again, if we're divvying up the, 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 the pie in terms of who to blame for the Ravens coming up short, Lamar has to get the biggest slice. Well, then I, I guess I would leave it this way and, and, and think about it this way. I wonder if it played into Lamar's thinking. It was a second late to run almost every time he ran the ball. I wonder if it played into, hey, I gotta, I gotta throw the ball here. I gotta be, I gotta use. We know, like we know, sitting here at this desk, he's a good passer. The world doesn't want to give him credit on that, but he is a good passer. I do wonder, Smalls, if there was a split second in his head of like, I gotta pass. Well, if they're thinking about legacy and they're thinking about the narrative surrounding the win, then that's probably why they lost. I mean, this is obviously a hypothetical. Yeah, I want to make that clear. I'm wondering. But if you're not focused on getting the win any way that you can, if you're worried about it being you or they're worried Especially about it being against Lamar, Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Chiefs. Why, why would you ever take them lightly? Which, again, we're not suggesting that they right, did. This is right. just a hypothetical for all of those listening and watching. But I do think sometimes you think about how it looks rather than just getting it done. And the funny thing about that, we just talked about giving Patrick Mahomes credit when Jeff Saturday just outlined how he managed the game in the second half. And he didn't have to be the reason that they won. But I think if that was the thinking, that is so short-sighted because had they just punched their ticket to the Super Bowl, regardless of who was the star or how it looked, we're giving Lamar credit for I being the, the, ca- the reason why they got there. But here's the other thing that I want to say about Lamar and why he didn't take off and scramble more, why we didn't see him use his legs as a weapon like Brock Purdy. Lamar Jackson is a supremely talented athlete. Uh, he doesn't think in his mind that he can't get away from the rush, that he can't get away from pressure under any circumstance. So even when Spags is sending five, six defenders on a blitz, he doesn't think that he can't out-athlete his way out of that situation. And yet, I, I think that confidence worked against him in terms of continuing to drift back into the pocket, fading away, and trying to wait for his receivers to uncover, something that never happened. I don't think we're acknowledging how sticky the coverage was from the Kansas City Chiefs DBs 
and them not allowing those receivers to uncover in the scramble drill when Lamar Jackson did break the pocket. There was nowhere for him to go with the football when he did hold it, and yet he was still trying to wait for his receivers to uncover. Now, you would think midway through the game you would understand that and adjust your approach and decide to use your legs more in the second half, but he didn't. And I guess that's the part that you can hang on Lamar, but I can also understand because he's so fast, because he's so athletic, he never thinks that he can't get away from the rush, which is probably why he did sit in the pocket or why he did try to manipulate um, the pocket and buy time for his receivers to uncover downfield. And it led to a lot of uncharacteristic plays, a lot of negative plays, including the sack fumble that we had in the first half. All right, I want to go through some of these quarterbacks here um, because Lamar is obviously atop the list. We'll do this throughout the show. As to guys now in the top 10 as to whether or not we think they can win a Super Bowl. Mahomes, obviously, number one. (laughs) I'm going to guess, yes, we think he can win a Super Bowl. We think he can do it. Um, Joe Burrow, I'm going based on CeCe's rankings here. Joe Burrow, you have number two. Do you feel confident he can win a Super Bowl? No question in my mind. Not a matter of if, just a matter of when. You know how I feel about yes, Joe that's Burrow. A yes, he is hundred percent going to win a Super Bowl. Lamar, I yes. I think Lamar could win a Super Bowl. Yes. Josh Allen, yes. Yes. Justin Herbert, yes. With Harbaugh, yes. C.J. Stroud, yes. Big time, yes. Trevor Lawrence, yes. Not with my chest, but yes. Yeah, I will say yes as well. You give a yeah, not a yes. That's that's the halfway there. I just J- need to see him more consistently. Jalen Hurts. Yes, yes, he was he, better than Patrick Mahomes in he, the Super Bowl last year. He was year. there and played he, great. He lost. He just so lost. now we have eight guys, I think, seven or eight guys that we think in the top ten could win a Super Bowl. Dak Prescott. No. No. And it's not necessarily about him. I just don't have faith in the Cowboys it, as it, a whole. It's not even the Cowboys. It's relative to what Dak is going to cost you. Dak is going to be the highest paid player in the NFL this offseason. I know it sounds as he's going to be the highest paid player this offseason. Think about this. Dak Prescott has a $59.5 million cap hit. He's got a no-trade clause, and he's got a no-franchise clause, which means he's got more leverage than damn near anybody in NFL history has ever had. Good luck with that. He's going to get paid $60 million a year. And, 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 and I'm, just, I'm, I'm serious. Like, if the high, what's the high watermark? Joe Burrow? Is Joe Burrow the highest paid quarterback? Patrick Mahomes? They're probably the highest paid around $55, $56 million a year? Like, somewhere in that ball. It's not crazy to think that Dak Prescott is going to blow that out of the water. The flip side of that, Brock Purdy. I would assume you think yes. Yes. He's, he's, in, one yes. More he's game in the to Super win. Bowl. He's in the Super Bowl. Can I just go back to, to. If he doesn't get it this year, it becomes a more interesting conversation. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I'm going to go back to three guys, if I could, in your top ten. I'm going to go back to Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Justin Herbert. Up until this point, I don't think any of the three of them have given us evidence in the postseason that they're going to get over the hump. That's not to say that they can't, but I am going to group those three together and say that Justin Herbert, and Smalls mentions this all the time, that we never talk about an all-time collapse he had in the postseason. Oh, that was so bad. Right, but we never bring that up, right? We attribute it to Brandon Staley. Right, but it, it, it happened to him, too. He was part of it, yes. Lamar, we've he was talked. There. He, was he, was there. There. Yeah. he was there. Lamar, we've talked about countless <laughs> times. What he does in the regular season is not what he does in the postseason. And Josh Allen, while individually his numbers are not bad in the postseason, never seems to get over the hump. So I will group those three together and say that based on their past postseason performances, there's an ounce of surprise if they win the Super Bowl for me. The one that I feel closest to doing it is actually Herbert because of the coaching. I just believe in his coach in Harbaugh with him so much. 
because Harbaugh has never failed in that spot with a quarterback. I feel the most confident in Josh Allen. He's gone toe-to-toe with Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. He hasn't gotten there, but he's been right there. I feel most confident in Lamar Jackson just because of the organization and the coach. Organizationally, there's no doubt. You would ha- The Ravens over the Bills and the Chargers without any debate. The int- I did not expect this exercise to produce as many quarterbacks that we think could go and win a Super Bowl as we just said. Yeah. Coming up, I'm over it. Next on Sportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Our producer, Pat Costello, is always annoyed with something. And he tells us every day at this time, things that he's over. Morning, Pat. Good morning. I'm over the term game manager. I don't even think people understand why they call someone a game manager or what it actually means when they say it. I think people just start throwing it out there when they want to describe a guy that is better than they expected and they don't really know a better word to use. So they just call him a game manager without actually thinking about it. I love it. I'm all in. I don't understand how it's an insult. Hey, you're doing your you're doing what's asked of you and not turning the ball over. That's a bad thing. That's a bad... I understand the tractor versus trailer example that you've brought up, CeCe, and that's fine, but I agree with Pat as well. Like, that Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy are not the same quarterback. They don't have the same impact. They're not asked to do the same things. I fully get that. That does not, to me, or should not lead to insulting Brock Purdy and say he's just a quote-unquote game manager as if that's a bad thing. Well, here's the thing. With Patrick Mahomes, even though he does a great job of managing the game, we never refer to him as a game manager because we know at any given point he can dial it up and play outside of the structure and above the X's and O's. Like, that's that's the difference, right? If you're saying somebody is a game manager, you're saying that's all they can do. Right. And so I guess the question now becomes for Brock Purdy as we get to the Super Bowl and he's going to go head-to-head with my homeboy – is whether or not 
he can consistently make those plays that are outside the structure of the offense, above the X's and O's, and do that going up against a defense, going up against a team that's not going to have the self-inflicted wounds like we saw with the Green Bay Packers, like we saw with the Detroit Lions this past Sunday. So I guess that would be the question. Because guess what? If Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl, the game manager label goes away. And we start talking about him and potentially being able to evolve into a quarterback that's considered top five to seven at the position, similar to what Tom Brady did early in his career. Can I pitch another way of categorizing it for everybody? And Pat, I want since you brought it up, please join in this. There are quarterbacks you win because of. There are quarterbacks you win with. And there are, and there are teams that win in spite of a quarterback. I think because of is Patrick Mahomes. Yes. With maybe Brock Purdy. Sure. In spite of, sorry, maybe Trent Dilfer, Brad Johnson in the past. Like, they won in spite of the fact that they did not have the greatest of quarterbacks played. That's insulting. I don't mean to be insulting on that at but, all. But let me ask you a question. If a quarterback wins a Super Bowl, can you say that's a quarterback that you can win with versus a quarterback that you win because of? Well, to me— I feel like there are, like I feel like that's the line of demarcation. Mm-hmm. Like If you win a championship, then you're a quarterback that the team wins because so of. So you graduate. You graduate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't, I'm trying like to find Joe a Fla- way. Like Joe Flacco would be a guy that on first glance you would say he's a guy you can win with. But Joe Flacco was a guy that you win because of in 2012 when the Ravens went on their Super Bowl run, right? Yes. 11 touchdowns to no interceptions. Is that less insulting than game manager or no? I mean, I'm not sure, Pat. What do you you brought it up? What do you think, Pat? Yeah, I mean, I I don't really know. Honestly. Great. <laughs> it's like, okay. Wow. All right. Next one, Pat. <laughs> great. Uh, thanks. You put me on the spot. I wasn't ready to answer that question. It's your thing. You talk. <laughs> you know, you segment. invented some confusing category of like what was win confusing? with or because of. I don't know. Like both, I guess. You win with them because of him. I don't think the Broncos won because of Peyton Manning. I think they won with Peyton Manning. But I do I think Peyton Manning was a game manager that year? No. I disagree with that, but go ahead. Not for today. <laughs> okay. Um, why is it that people forget how to drive when they get into a parking lot? All of a sudden, they get into a parking lot. People just start parking wherever. They'll just pull up to the store and park in front of it for like 10 minutes just because driving all over the place. Don't know what they're doing. Park sideways in a parking lot for some reason. Throw trash all over the ground. What happens when someone gets in a parking lot? Forgetting how to drive is an interesting concept, and I have to go to Smalls on this because when you're back home in St. Louis, you're driving. I'm driving. When you're here in New York, you're never driving. I'm a passenger princess. Right. Do you forget <laughs> how to drive? Like no. when you so it's immediate. It's like riding a bike. So then, then Pat, and what you said makes no sense, that people should never forget how to drive. But they do, though. He's right. Uh, if it's raining, if it's snowing, all of a sudden people... It's it's that they get a little too cautious or yeah. they get a little bit too nervous about the situation and they forget about the rules of the road. It's also more congestion in a parking lot. That's true. No, I think people just get selfish in a parking lot. Totally. How? People are only worried about what they want to do when they get into a parking lot and then so they just park well, wherever. I mean, isn't that actually the proper time to be selfish you're parking your car what are you gonna yeah, do, wait pe- for everybody else to take the spot but people don't want to walk they're trying to get as close as possible because god forbid they take 22 extra then they're steps. gonna park over the line yep. because they don't want anybody to park next to them and i'm like come on man like listen you can't do that at the front of the store like if you want to do all of that go to the back of the parking lot where nobody else is there and then walk your ass to the front of the store right do that. Everyone's oh. wearing an Apple Watch. You think they'd want to get their steps in? You Just know. Just saying. 
Also, Close don't be the person in the parking lot who walks in like the middle of the the road. <laughs> yes. It's just completely oblivious yes. to the person who's trying to pull up behind. Yes. Them. Get so out annoying. of the way. That is do you back annoying. into spots? Yes, you do. I need a quick getaway. Oh, really? No, I, I don't back into spots. I think it's too I much of a hassle. Spots. I back into every spot. It's hard to do. I'm not that good of a driver. How is it hard to do? Oh, you have to look behind. Most cars have the, 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 the rear view camera yeah. or they've got the beeping sound. Mm. So it's, it's relative. It's hard. Be that Too hard, hard for me. Not a NASCAR driver. That's hard for me. So you hate parallel parking too? Oh, God. Oh, I, had well, a gr- I had a great one the other night, though. We're in Florida. In New York City and you, you hate parallel parking. I, that doesn't mean I like it, but I mean, why I'm not? really good at parallel parking. Exactly. When we were in Florida, Evan was like, oh, am I going to have to parallel park in front of the station? He was nervous about that. I was? Yeah. I don't even have any recollection. <laughs> I do. And then we got stuck. <laughs> well, we did get stuck. <laughs> We took a wrong turn. We oh, my got, God. And by the way, I'm freaking out. I thought the car was stuck. And she's sitting there, passenger side, just laughing at me. I was the like, entire I time. this. The entire time, she's just laughing. I'm like, Smalls, we are stuck in a ditch. And you're just laughing at me right now. Next one, Pat. When I see a bagel that has about a pound of cream cheese on it, it makes me gag. It's absolutely horrifying. You don't even want to eat the bagel at that point. You just want to eat the cream cheese. Just admit it. Buy a tub of cream cheese and a spoon and keep the bagel to the side. Uh, He's a thousand percent right about this. He is a thousand percent right. So this happened today to our social and digital guy, the great Rob Lorenzo, got a bagel. He's new to New York City, got a bagel. The schmear is so big. It was on his face. Yeah, he didn't he, even notice it. But, but here's what I'm. Here's what I gotta ask the question about. Like, in the bagel or in toast, just a vehicle for whatever condiments that you want to. put Yes, in? you are it right about that. Like, like, I mean, who, who's sitting there saying, "Man, I I just want this bagel with no butter, no cream cheese, no jelly, just warmed up yeah, bread." Yeah, warmed up bread. <laughs> who was out here asking for that? You don't that eat an inch of cream that cheese. Makes no sense. But you don't think New York City delis and bagel shops go a little bit too heavy on the cream cheese? I'd rather them go too heavy than too exactly. light. I can remove. I can't add. Yeah, but if you're on the road, like, this is what I, just, I would do. I, I just want this toasted bread. <laughs> to no, be con- no condiments on it. I try Let's to be go. so efficient in this bread. Bread. these bagels, man. Yeah, I would I take some bread. of the cream cheese off and save it for the next bagel. That's what I would do. Save it at home. Like you said, Smalls, it's easier to take some off rather than have to ask for some more. Pat's some right more. about That's this. Right. There's way too much of it. No, way too much not. of the no. smear. No, way too much. I don't need an inch of cream cheese. That's gross. Well, Then take some off. There you go. Put less on. Or why don't wasting cream cheese? Say that when you're checking or when you're placing your order. Light cream cheese. Light cream cheese. No, you can't. Although I've never said that. Yeah, you can't do that. Never say that. Adam Schefter will join us next. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.